Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. There is a power of corporate meeting when we come together. There's something in the heavenly realm that's moving for us. God is moving. God is doing something in our life in this meeting. I believe God will pay you back. God will pay you back. You never outgive God. You never outgive God. In the past many years, when I started to seek the file of God, I flew to different cities and rent the hotel. Each meeting lasts about seven days. Morning, evening, morning, evening, in order to get into the fire and learn about the fire of God. So we spend airplane ticket, hotel, car rental, and food. Each time we go, we spend thousands of dollars just to go and get to know the fire of God and to receive the impartation. And I did that for many years, seven and eight years, a few times a year. Even some year we went three or four times, and in Pasadena we flew together. And this is not on the same side. We flew to the east coast, east south. That's far away. And so far, God pay all the money back to us. God pay everything back, including the anointing that we get. So God will never take away from you. He pay you back. Amen. It's worth it to seek the Lord. Amen. Why don't I just go ahead teaching, short teaching today, so that we can have some time to do deliverance. And I'm not forcing anybody to get involved, but if you realize or you think that you need God to clean you up, we will get you clean up today. I don't know how many demons gonna go out of you, but we try to get rid as much as we can. Amen. Okay, so why don't we look into the Word of God now, so we can have time before lunch. Father in heaven, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher. We thank you for the revelation from heaven, Lord. We need you in this place to teach us. You can speak to the heart of your people more than what I say, and you can open their eyes to see the truth. And this truth will not decorate their brain, but it will bring faith, bring change. To the treasure on the inside of them, their heart, the heart will become a soft soil, a good soil that can receive the seed of the incorruptible word. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me read the scripture one more time. Sometimes we need to listen to something again and again until we get it. In John chapter 15, verses 1 to 2. We are still in chapter two. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. God wants us to bear fruit. God wants us to bear more fruit each year. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse three, verse four. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it 
abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine; you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, if you are fruitful, if you abide in Jesus, His word abides in us, and whatever we ask, God answer. Miracles happen. Answer comes. By this, my Father is glorified. And that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. We have learned many things in the past few sessions. We have learned that God expects us to bear fruit, and God wants to teach us, to instruct us, to train us, so that we can bear more fruit. He wants to prune, to trim the junk, the deadly things out of our life. So that it will not consume all the resources of our life, and the resources and the life of God will flow to the new shooting out branch, that we can bear more fruit. So God wants us to be pruned and trimmed, and we learn that in order to be fruitful for God, we need to build everything with the right material, with the right heart, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, and also. In the spirit, not in the flesh, so that when the work is tested by fire at the judgment seat, our work will remain as silver, gold, and also precious stone. We don't want to lose all that we invest for forty years, thirty years in life, and disappear like a smoke in heaven. We want it to remain. We want soul to remain. When we reach out to people, we want them to. Stay in connection with God. That's why we build the church. Without the church, people will backslide. People will go, disappear. We need to bring people to the local church. Amen. And we learn that time is precious. We need to value the time that God gives to us. The time is irreplaceable. The time is priceless, and the spirit of wisdom will help us to manage the time wisely, so that we can redeem the time. And God can graciously help us to redeem the time by adding more days to our life, by keeping us healthy and strong, more years of productivity instead of getting old, being on the wheelchair, and sitting on the couch doing nothing. God wants to give us more days and more years of productive life. And how can we do that? We need to live in the fear of God. Last night we start a little bit that if we want to be fruitful, we need to stay connected. Everyone say, stay connected. Jesus say, abide seven times in this passage in John chapter fifteen verses four to eight. He say, abide, abide, abide. It's a recurring word or theme of the whole chapter of chapter fifteen. In order to be fruitful, we need to be connected. To the vine or to the trunk, so we can continually receive the impartation, the life, the nutrients, the resources, the anointing from the Lord 
so that we can be fruitful in life. So we learned last night that we need to stay, we need to continue, we need to remain, stay hooked, stay joined, stay connected. And definitely, this is against our flesh, because our flesh is impatient, our flesh is selfishness, and especially this is the difficult thing for. The very well civilized country like America, we have so many distractions. We have multiple options in internet. We have so many channels in the TV. We have Blu-ray. We have iPad now. If you have so many toys in your life, and your mind stay with the toys, not with the Lord, then you will not be fruitful. Amen. I decided to disconnect. Or deactivate my Facebook because it start to get overwhelmed, and I get so many Facebook messages each day from people who listen to my CD in another country. So eventually, my wife advised me that I should disconnect, and I agree with her because sound like I spend too much time answering all this Facebook message, which is not very healthy for me. So I need to cut something out. Prune it out. God want me to trim something out so that I can be more fruitful for the Lord. Amen. So we need to be careful to stay connected with the Lord. The problem is sometimes Christian think that stay connected is only Sunday. We come to church on Sunday. We feel the presence of God. We stay connected to God on Sunday or on the service or revival night. Revival service or the camp meeting, but when you get out of the building, you just totally forget about God, and then you live your own life. You are your own Lord. You are your own master. You run your own life, and that's why you are not fruitful. We need to stay connected all the time. It's like what I say last night when people come to your home to visit you, and they say, "I'm leaving." You say, "No, no, don't leave. Stay longer, one more week." Everyone say stay. stay. Everyone say visiting. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter twenty-six verse three, "You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is visiting you." Is that right? Is that the Bible says whose mind is visiting you? Many Christians just visit God on Sunday, but they don't stay with the Lord. The Bible says, "Whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you." We should be continually connected to God. We should always commune with God, day and night. While we are driving, while we are working, while we are performing surgery, while we are doing the computer work, while we are at home. Eating dinner, you don't need to look religious. When I eat dinner with my family, I don't need to look religious. <laughs> Jesus, Paul, what do you want to talk to me? Okay, I ask Jesus for you. <laughs> I don't need to do that. Amen. <laughs> Some people look very religious. They look weird. They look like a UFO. 
You can be natural. We laugh at the table. <laughs> at the dining table, we laugh. We still connect to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Everywhere you go, you talk to people. When I type my email, I listen to the Holy Spirit. I connect to the Holy Spirit. What I should say, what I should not say, what should I type, what I should not type. You connect all the time in a natural way. It's supernatural, but it's natural. That you don't have to act religious and act weird, or you need to kneel down and pray, God. I need you right now. Those are the religious thing. No, walking with the Father. How many people want your son and daughter walk with you? And when your son come to you, how many people have children in this room? Raise your hand up. Okay. How many people are children and you have father? Raise your hand up. Oh, so those people who don't raise hand don't have father. <laughs> Do you go to your daddy, your auto son, your daddy, your papa? And you go to Papa. Mm-hmm. Papa, tell me right now. Do you go to Papa like that? No. You go to Papa and then you hug his leg and you listen to what he say and you spend time. You hug each other. You laugh. The Papa tickle your. I like to tickle people when I walk by the kids because I think the Papa tickle me all the time. When I just walk in here to worship a while ago, I start to laugh because my papa in heaven, my papa, I call my dad papa, papa in heaven, tickle me, tickle, 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 make me laugh, make me happy to be in the presence of papa, in the presence of the father, of the abba father. Amen. It's a relationship, and if you do that, you are not living your own life. You are not being the Lord of your own life, but He is your Lord. He is guiding you. He is downloading the wisdom, the direction. He tell you what to do. He tell you don't do that. He tell you that person you should talk to. That person don't get involved. You should invest money in that. You should get that job. You should buy that house. That person, even though he look handsome, he has a Beautiful eyes, and he has a lot of money. Driving in with Mercedes, but don't marry him because you're gonna get into trouble. When when you look around, another man look like he is not very handsome, like Pastor Lau. But Pastor Da has the spirit on the inside of her. She know that she need to marry me because the Holy Spirit speaking to her. That is a guy, even though he's not tall and handsome. When I was a young man, I had a lot of pimple. This is the grace of God that Pastor Da chose me, because I was not good looking at all. I was having a lot of pimple and short guy, not handsome. But God grace, I believe at that time, even she was a Catholic. Thank God for Catholic that <laughs> that the Holy Spirit was speaking to her. Amen. God gonna tell you, don't buy that shop. Don't invest. Don't get involved in that ministry. Don't go to that church. Go to this church. He will tell you exactly. He will guide you and tell you what to do, so that everything you do will count. Everything that you do matters. You will not waste your time. You will not waste your minute and days and months away in your life. Every minute will count. It will produce fruit. 
will be making a big difference in the world, in the kingdom, and in your life. Because the Holy Spirit knows and He helps you. He guides you. He directs you. And whatever you do, because it's guided by the Holy Spirit, by being communion with God, by being connected with God all the time, all the things that you do, all the work that you produce will pass the test of the fire. And when you get to heaven, you will have a lot of rewards. And you will see the fruit that remains. Amen? We need to be that kind of people, abiding with God. How many people agree with me? Sometimes people just live their life day by day. They don't think too much. But this is the fact of life. How many people agree with me that when you wake up in the morning, every morning you wake up? Is that right? Do you wake up in the morning? Okay. Every morning when you wake up, you have only a limited amount of time, energy, opportunity, money, and resources. Everyone say limited. We all have limited time. We all have limited energy. If you do something too much, eventually you feel exhausted and you have to rest. You cannot do anymore. You have to stop and pull back and rest. So we all have limited energy, limited time and resources. And thank God, He is there to lead us to do the right thing so that we will not waste time, waste resources, waste energy and effort and resources. That is the job of our master. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to bear fruit. We need to stay connected with him so that he can lead us. But on the opposite way, we have the enemy of our soul, Satan. And the job of Satan is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. His job is to steal time from you. His job is to destroy your productivity. His job is to take you astray and do stupid things and do unnecessary things until your energy got burned down and you feel exhausted and you feel tired to the point that you cannot produce for God anymore. He will try to make you do unnecessary, deadly, bad things that you will waste your time away. And how does he do that? He will play with your flesh. He knows your flesh. Human sexuality, human nature have never changed in the past many thousand years. We all look like human 2,000 years ago. We still have the flesh, like the time of Peter, the time of King David, the time of Joseph. The devil knows the nature of people. And he's going to come and lure you and play with your flesh. He knows how to hook you in. He knows how to get you in. So that you will waste your time to walk in the fleshly desire. Instead of walking for the kingdom of God. Don't allow the devil to do that. Don't listen to the devil. He will try every way to get you busy with computer games, with certain unnecessary movies that you watch day and night. We need to be careful not to spend time on the things that you will waste your life away. That's how the devil gets rid of you. Some parents may be busy with computer games, with internet. And by the time you need to spend time with your kids, teach them something, you've already been exhausted. You cannot spend time with your kids anymore. Amen? Maybe the devil will make you stay up late at night on Saturday night, watching some football game, doing something, and you 
did not look at the clock, and by the time you go to bed, it's 2 a.m. What happened next day? You try to drag your feet out of the bed in order to go to church, and then you become unproductive because you are exhausted already. You are tired. You cannot function anymore. You go to church like a zombie. You walk in. You cannot say hi to anybody. You cannot talk to the unbelieving friend who come to church. You cannot greet anybody because you're so tired. Because you spend your time wrongly. Get connected to the Holy Spirit so that you will not do unnecessary thing, and you can keep your energy, your time, or your money to do what is worth. What is worth for the kingdom? What counts? What matters? And what produce fruit? The fruit that remain. Do you ask yourself each day, what are we doing today? When you wake up in the morning, do you ask yourself, what I gonna do today? Is it right to spend time doing this? What I'm doing gonna be like a smoke in the fire, or it's gonna last like silver and gold? What I'm doing is right in the eyes of God. Do I spend time correctly? Do you listen to the Holy Spirit? Do you stay connected? Do you ask Him, "Is this what I need to do, or this is a waste of my life?" Each day, each minute, do you ask God? Let me read one scripture to show you that you know. Some of you say, "I have a calling. I'm called to be an apostle. I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a preacher." I'm called to be a healer. I'm called to be a prophet. But I tell you, those are the secondary calls. What is the first calling of every Christian? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. The first calling in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What is the first calling of every believer? Fellowship with the Son of God. You are called to stay connected with His Son all the time. When we read the Bible, all the great miracles, all the great signs and wonders, all the powerful preachings, teaching, Mighty deeds, walking on the water, stopping the wind, raising the dead, multiply food to feed thousands of people. All these great things that Jesus performed while he was walking on earth were the outcome. or They came out from the intimate fellowship between him and the Father. Let me repeat one more time. All these great miracles that happened in his life, all the powerful preaching and teaching were the products of his continual, consistent, non-stop fellowship with the Father. He says many times in the Bible, the Son of Man can do nothing except what he sees the Father do. Every step of his walk Every word that comes from his mouth, every eye contact, everything that he did come from the direction 
of the Father. And the Father doing that through him by the Holy Spirit or the unction on the inside of him. You understand? This is how it works. What works for Jesus, it works for us the same way. Jesus came to show how a man can walk. And he said that I am in tune with the Father 24-7 every single minute. He walked in tune, connected, 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 connected. Stay connected all the time. He listened to the Father. And the Father will give him signal what to do. And that signal come in him through the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. The same way with you. You stay connected to the Father. And the Father will tell you what to do, what to say, what not to say, where to go, where you should not go, what to do, what not to do, through the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The same principle. Jesus walked in the Spirit 24-7. Amen? Jesus never wasted his one minute of his life. Don't take me wrong. He was sleeping. He was resting. He has some personal time of prayer. He has personal time to fellowship with his disciple. He did not lay hand all the time. But everything that he did was not a waste. He never did anything goofy. He never did anything that is fleshly thing. Everything that was done by Jesus was under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He communed with the Father. He prayed. He listened to the Father all the time. Can we live like that? In other words, Jesus knows exactly what to do and what not to do and what to say and what not to say. Everyone say knows. No. How many people want to know? Who are going to tell you what to do? God. Amen. Let's look at the Bible. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. What is the anointing? The presence of the Holy Spirit upon your life. And the presence of the Holy Spirit gives you supernatural power to walk with God and to serve God. To do what He calls you to do. Anointing is a picture of rubbing the oil. That oil is the Holy Spirit rubbed on you to give you power to do the job. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have the Holy Spirit. And you know all things. Everyone say, no. That's how it works. Did Jesus operate that way? That he walked under the anointing all the time? Did he operate in the knowing? Did he operate in the knowing or in the dark? In the knowing. He knows exactly what's going to happen next. He knows exactly what he wants to say. And how did he get to the knowing? How did he operate in the knowing? Like I mentioned to you one time, I operate on a woman. She is about 36 years old, having buttock pain. And I found a little bit of a bulging disc in the MRI. That was on Friday. I set her up for surgery on Monday just to open up to give the room to the nerve. I did not plan to remove the disc. On that weekend, she watered the garden in her home. Suddenly, she had leg pain. This is new symptom, and I did not know. By the time she went into the surgery, we don't have any new MRI, new picture. 
And she did not even tell me that she have leg pain because I did not have a time to talk to her. She just went into the room and I cut on her. And when I began to cut on her, the Holy Spirit, the unction, the anointing in me, began to let me know, son, is not done yet. You have to go higher. Normally, you open the bone enough for the nerve to have room so that the pain will stop. And the MRI did not show anything above that. So when the Holy Spirit told me go higher, and I said why? I asked the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. You just listen to me. Don't argue. So I cut the bone up higher, and I found a piece of this about this big, pinching the nerve. Can you imagine if I just go by the MRI picture on the X-ray box without listening to the Holy Spirit on the inside of me? I would miss that piece completely because it was higher, hiding up there. I did not know. And I did not have that picture. I did not have a new MRI. I saved her leg from being paralyzed, and she is only 36 years old, firefighter. She is a Christian too. She told her church, "It's amazing. My doctor is a Christian. He operates in the knowing." How many people want to operate in the knowing? All the doctors should be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you have the unction, but you need to stay connected. That's how Jesus operated. Amen? Sometimes people come to Jesus and say, Jesus, let's stay here. Let's just come out here. People like you. Just stay here. You can have a big ministry in this city. A lot of people are going to come to you. And look at how Jesus responded. I believe in the flesh, when we go to some city and wow, a lot of people show up, let's start a church here. But let's look at what the Bible says. Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 39. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon, his disciple, and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. Wow, you're famous now. Hey, Jesus. Stay here. You are famous now. Let's build a church here. But Jesus replied, We must go on to the other towns as well. And I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the religion of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Every time Jesus showed up in the synagogue, he cast out demons. Should we follow the ministry of Jesus? We should cast out demons as well. Amen? Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit from city to city to city. He did not listen to man. The man said, the disciples say, stay here. People like you. He said, no. God sent me and God tell me to go to the next city. He was a tra traveling pastor at that time. He just spread the gospel every single place that he was led by the Holy Spirit to go. Amen? That's how we should live. And don't say that you have to travel like Jesus. But what I try to say is that you need to find out exactly what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. You stay connected all the time. Amen? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Make sure. When you listen to a teaching, I let you know. When you listen to some comment and a teaching, hook up to the Holy Spirit. Is this right? Is this wrong? Because some teachings are good, but mixed with some 
kind of wacky things in there that you have to cut it off. You don't receive all the teaching from people. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I give you example. I read a book. This man is very famous, and that book say, certain scripture is for believers, certain scripture for non-believers, and certain scripture for the Jews. Wow! This famous man who is in the TV say that in that book, and the Holy Spirit told me, no, every scripture is for everybody. Not only for the Jews, and why you discriminate the Jews and the believer and the non-believers? And the same book say, from now on, you don't need to confess your sin. God forgive you two thousand years ago. It's all done deal. When I read that, hmm, the Holy Spirit talked to me. No, this is a wrong teaching. You need to listen to God because there are a lot of goofy teaching out there that man make it up to please people. Amen. We need to be careful. When Jesus came into the world, he lay aside his glory and his power to become a normal man. He did not perform miracle until 30 years old. By that time, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, connected to the Father, and since that day, he was walking by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus never make any mistake. Jesus never went to the wrong place. Every day he know exactly. How does he know? By the unction, by the leading of the Father through the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. How many people agree with me that one of the most tormenting things in our life is to live a life of not knowing and confusion? Raise your hand up. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I'm confused. But Christian doesn't have to live that way. We have the big one on the inside of us, the versatile one, the all-knowing one on the inside of us. His name is the Holy Spirit. If we connect with Him, we are the branch, and He is the vine. We can know. When people talk to us, when people invite me to go to different city to preach, I will pray, God. I should go to that city or not? I have limited time in my life. I have to be careful. I don't want to break my family up. I need to spend time with my family too. I will ask God. When people email me and ask me, "Can I come to preach at your church?" I will pray and ask God. Should I get this man to preach in my church? I ask the Lord. Everything. I don't want to make mistake. I want to be in the knowing. Everyone say in the knowing. In the knowing, let me ask this question: If you cut a branch out from a, a tree, what can happen to the branch? Wither, die. Can you make that branch produce fruit by bringing the branch next to the tree for half an hour a week? You think the branch gonna survive? By just putting the branch close to the tree for half an hour a week, is that the way most Christians are doing? They go to church on Sunday, 45 minutes preaching, 10 minutes singing three songs, then doxology and go home, and after that, no God. That's why they are in the period of dryness, confusion, sickness, poverty, 
no fruit because their life is disconnected from God all the time except half an hour on Sunday. That's why there's no life. You need to stay connected all the time. Amen. The Lord gonna tell us what to do. Exactly. We need to be careful. And I notice one thing. Let me remind you one thing. I notice that the devil is so clever. He is so smart. He would do everything to keep you disconnected. How? I travel to Thailand many times a year, and I notice that a group of people in Thailand. This is what I notice. I just warned them last trip. When they come to the meeting, they get touched. Oh, oh they're on fire. Their face is shining, the glory of God. They look so happy. They're on fire for God. They love Jesus again after they get laid hand on. Three months later, I went back. Is it the same person? They look so dark, so dull. They walk around the meeting room. And I wonder what's going on with these people. Why they were so excited and so in God. Within three months, they went back to the old way. And the Lord spoke to me. Actually, this has happened in the last meeting a couple weeks ago. When I lay hand on people, God spoke to me. I did not speak to them because I don't want to embarrass them. God spoke to me. This is what happened to this person. This is what happened to this person. But I didn't say anything. I just lay hand and lay hand and lay hand. And at the end, I need to record in the CD. Because God told me that the devil is like the Philistines that will bring the rock throw into the well of your salvation, the pond of your salvation, and fill it up with bitterness, disappointment, anger, mad, upset. Somebody offend you in the church, and you get mad. Maybe you start to like a girl in the church, and she deny you. Oh, that girl deny me. You get mad. You don't want to see her face anymore. You leave the church. You get mad at the pastor. Or the devil will throw some rock against you, something that pluck up the well of your salvation. And your connection with God start to be destroyed, severed, cut off. The desire to go back and have a relationship with God start to die down. Another reason is that some people keep going back to the Philistine territory, like Samson. This is what God showed me. They come to the revival meeting, lay hand, alive. But they went back to their own company where the teaching was wrong. The people in that company, I use the word company. You understand what I mean? The people in that company full of demons, lots of false teaching, wrong practice. They went back, demon come back right away. Like Samson went back to the Philistine off and on. This morning, we have a discussion about yoga. Should we go to yoga? To stretch. It's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong to stretch. I can do it myself at home. I don't need to go to yoga class. But the problem is that when you get into that place, they meditate. They call the spirit. And you are sitting. On Sunday, you go to church filled with the Holy Spirit. Then during the week, you go to that place and you fill with all demons around you. You think you're going to go up higher? No. The rock will come and pluck up your well. And after a few days, you come on Sunday, ha, 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 ha. By Friday, 
You cannot hear the voice of God anymore because you went back to the wrong place. Went back to the Philistine territory. Your close friends are those who speak negative. You receive wrong teaching. You hear, hear, hear the negative things. That's why we need to build a good church, the church with the right teaching, with the movement of the Holy Spirit, so that people can be in the right incubation all the time, without having the rock throwing into your well. Amen. I tell you the truth. Many times, I purposefully God told me I have to obey God. Come up and laugh in the Holy Ghost. You know why I do that? I want to unplug the well, get rid of the, all this junk out of you. But unfortunately, a lot of people are not in our church. After they come to the meeting, they go to other church, and then in three months they come back, look the same. That company, all the bad stuff, go, come back to themselves. Amen. Not every church is teaching the truth of God. Everyone say the right company, the right place. I don't allow the Philistines to put the stone, the rock, in my well. Stay connected, and the Lord will help me to walk in the knowing. Doing the right thing, I will not waste my time. I will do things that count. How many people agree with me that our mind is stayed on something all the time? Is it true? If you don't stay in God, you may stay on movie, things, internet, something. Your mind is working all the time, staying on something. That's the reason why we have so many mental institutions. Because a lot of people, their mind stay on evil things all the time, hate people, unforgiveness, and think negative, negative. So their mind stay like that. That's why they get crazy. That's why they are mental. Because their mind stay on the wrong things. We need to keep our mind stay with God. The word of God fill our mind, fill our mouth, fill our heart all the time. The word of God, the word of God. I never got into my car and listened to some junk news. When I got into my car, boom, CD, listen to the word of God. I stay in the word. I stay in God all the time. I don't spend time on junk. I want to spend my time on the right thing, not wrong thing. Amen. That's why the Bible say to be carnally minded, to think about the wrong thing, the fleshly thing is death. But to be spiritual-minded is life and peace. Let me ask this question: Can we keep our mind stayed on God all day long? Can we? I think we can. If we could not, the Lord would not have written Isaiah chapter 26 that I read a while ago. He said that we can stay on God all the time, and we need to discipline ourselves to stay connected. All the time, can we keep our mind on Him at work, on the street, in the car, on the freeway, before we go to bed? When we wake up, can we stay on God right away? Yes, we can. We need to practice that. We need to make a decision 
that our mind gonna be connected with God all the time. Our heart will be with God all the time, filled with the Word of God. Amen. How do you do that? Even little little things in your life, find a parking, writing a letter, everything you do, you ask the Lord. Lord, show me everything. You know everything. Show me what to do. You always talking to God. Beep 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 beep. Send signal, telegram, up to heaven. The heaven send telegram back to you by the Holy Spirit. If you can do that all the time, everything you do, you ask God, you connect to God. It will keep you from car accident, from sickness, from big problem, from lawsuit, from losing money. And you're gonna do the right thing all the time, the right place, the right timing, and you're gonna get a lot of fruit, much fruit, and the fruit that will remain by staying connected with God all the time. Amen. Can we walk with Him every day? Can we stay connected with Him all the time? Should we do that? And if we do that, He's gonna cut out all the unnecessary thing out of our life. We will not do stupid things anymore. Amen. First John chapter two verse twenty-seven. The Bible continues the same. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. It means the Holy Spirit abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, it's not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. God said that I give you the Holy Spirit. This scripture doesn't mean that you don't need a teacher in a church. You still need a teacher, but it means, for example, if I can operate on somebody, I don't need to make a phone call to my professor at University of Washington. Hello, Doctor So and So. How can I do this surgery? What do I do? I connect. Holy Spirit, teach me, show me what to do. At that moment, He will teach me all things, everything in my life, what to say, what to do. How to handle the situation? He is there 24/7, and as we do that all the time, we abide in Him. You see, the Bible say, "You will abide in Him." How do you abide in Him? Let the Holy Spirit teach you, guide you, show you the way 24/7, all the time. Amen. I'm not talking about teaching the Bible only, but He will teach you to do things in life, everything as a accountant. As a nurse, as a teacher, everything you say, everything you do, he will guide you and show you and teach you. Is that the way Jesus lived? Yes, that is the way Jesus Christ was living on earth two thousand years ago. When he woke up in the morning, he was never confused. Everywhere he went, he was never confused. He knows exactly what to say. He knows even. He should not talk to that guy, because that guy is not going to listen to him anyway. So the Holy Spirit know already that guy is not going to accept his teaching. So he walk away and will not waste his time. I start to do this now. In the past, when I was a very immature leader, I like to shuffle everything into people's throat. Hey, listen to me, listen to me. I have something good to tell you. But lately, God told me you waste your time. They are not accepting you. They don't respect your anointing. Don't tell them. You just keep your mouth shut. Hi, how are you? Bye, bye. I go to the next one who want to listen to me. I'm serious. Waste of my time because they're not going to listen to me. 
You agree that not everybody going to listen to you. You talk to people who listen to you. Amen. I'm not saying that you are the best, but God can use you to talk to people. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What to do? Stay connected all the time. And if you can do this, you can save more souls in one week than you used to do in one year. You can touch people, reach out to people, bless more people in one week than you used to do in ten years. Because everything you are doing is effective and not wasteful by the leading of the Holy Spirit, 24/7. Amen. I want to conclude this teaching this morning. That if you are a good steward of your time, your resources, your money, your effort, you make sure that you are led by the Holy Spirit. You stay connected, and you let God know that everything that you do for Him on earth, everything that He has given to you, the time, the effort, the ability, the gifts, the resources, the opportunities, everything that He has given to you, you treat it correctly for His glory. He will add more to you. How many people want God to add more? That is the word faithfulness. If you are faithful in doing little things. He will give you more things. Amen. You come to the meeting and you receive the Holy Spirit. Don't bury it. You go out, invite friend to come to your house for dinner. The Holy Spirit move in you. Share, reach out, work with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to do something. Don't put it in the ground and do nothing about it. If you keep doing that, He will not gonna give more to you. But if you keep using and doing the things that He has given to you. He will give you more. Amen. Everyone say faithfulness. God is big on faithfulness. Do it. You may not be a preacher like me, but you can use the anointing. Set up the website for the church. When you touch the computer, the anointing flow, the website come out beautiful. Everything perfect. I'm so glad that Brother Gary, volunteer. To translate the lesson into Mandarin, he did not put his anointing in the ground. He come with me this Saturday. We're gonna meet at church again. Do the recording. We sit down. I preach. He preach. I preach. He preach. He's using the anointing that God gave to him. <laughs> On Sunday, when you come to church, don't come to church and just look around. No, you have the anointing. Let the anointing flow. You go greet people. How are you doing? When you take hand, bless you. You bless people. You give life to people. And if you do that, God gonna give you more. Amen. I believe one of the reasons God give us so much, many good teachings in our church. I believe the reason not because Pastor Lau is a great guy. I'm a just simple human boy being like you. But the reason is that I have been giving out the teaching. God give me this gift, I give out, give out, and as I give out, God give me more. You are faithful in doing and using what you have, giving out. God give me the gift of teaching, I teach, I give out. Now I want to bless China, I want to bless Japan with the teaching, good teaching, and I believe. 
God going to give us more. Amen. You use your anointing, and you become fruitful, more fruitful, more fruit, much fruit, the fruit that will remain. Amen. Let's say, stay connected. Let by the Holy Spirit, the unction in me, the anointing, the Spirit of God, is the Spirit of knowing. He knows the best. He knows what is good, what is not good. So I connect with Him. I want to walk in the knowing. I want to operate in the knowing. I don't want to waste my time. Lord, I have only one life to live. I have limited time, limited energy, limited effort, and resources. I want to make this life count. From now on, I will be a good steward of my time, my money, my resources that you have given to me. I will be connected. To the Holy Spirit, connected with the Father, in the name of Jesus. And from now on, I will receive the download of wisdom, of direction, what to do, what not to do. I will not waste my minutes, my days, my months away. I shall be fruitful. I will bear more fruit, much fruit, the fruit that remains. On that day, I will have rewards in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Give the hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're gonna pray. You're going to do deliverance quickly here and simple, not big deal. This is the principle. Demonic spirit are in the spiritual realm, and as human, we don't see them. So it's hard to tell, frankly, whether we have one or not, or multiple or not. And a lot of time, we think that evil spirit come in the form of murder. People who hit the airplane on the two towers, people who are in drugs and commit. Sexual immorality and go to nightclub every night. We think that evil spirits are that bad and only manifest in that way. But actually, there are many forms and many kinds of evil spirit that can stay in our life and quench us and block us from being effective for God. It can be a little one, the spirit of, for example, self pity. You feel self pity all the time. Maybe the spirit of cancer. That is dormant and hide in your body until the right time comes. It will manifest and cause cancer, and you die. They want to take your life. They are killing, destroying, and stealing your life. Maybe the spirit of poverty that you don't see with your own eyes, but they block you from being prosperous. You could not find a job, or the money come in or gone. You always live in poverty because that spirit is in you. It's interesting. Jesus say, 
Go in my name and cast out demons. You know that we cannot cast out demons from non-believers, because if you do that, they are in trouble. The demon gonna come back seven times because the house is not clean yet. The house doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The house is empty. Demon will come back seven times. We can only cast out demon from believers. There are a lot of Christian or pastor believe that once you become a Christian, you are completely free automatically without deliverance, without casting out demons, and that's why many churches are in trouble because they never cast out demon from members. The sick, poor, lack of faith, doubt, self pity, whatever, all kind of bad stuff in their life that you don't even know. But Jesus said, "Go and cast out demons in my names," and that happened in a local church. We don't cast out demon on the street because they are not believers. Unless they get saved, then you can cast demon out and fill them with the Holy Spirit on the street. You can do that. God say, "I want to clean up my house first." That is in the Bible. God want to clean up His house first. This is His house. Amen. So, you may have little little one that block you. Maybe the spirit of too sensitivity. It means that everything so sensitive. People don't love me. They control you to be like that. Some people have the spirit of rejection because your parents reject you when you were young, and you live in rejection all the time. The spirit control you. Some of you may have the spirit of stubbornness, very stubborn. And I notice this. I mean, I'm serious as a pastor. I notice. When the dad is stubborn, I see it in the kids. The kids walk around because the dad is stubborn. So the spirit followed into the kid. The same gang of demon that do the same thing as the father. Very stubborn. It's all evil spirit. Amen. Off and on, we need to do the clean up service. And thank God, God give us the name of Jesus. God give us the way to do it in this generation. I don't like to give counsel. Sit down with somebody and dig out one demon at a time. Waste my time. You can expel demon out of yourself because you are Christians. Everyone say, I can expel demons out of myself. I tell you the truth, especially Thai people and Japanese people. We have a lot of demons because Thai people worship idols since they are young. In 1988, God cast demon out of me a lot, maybe hundreds of them, because when I was young, I worship a lot of idols. I chanted, I did a lot of voodoo thing. I called the spirit upon me, so I was filled with a lot of demons, even though I was a pastor. I know in Japan they have a lot of demons too. Because of the materialism and depression, oppression, and a lot of wrong concept in Japan, that's why they need the fire of God. Amen. I believe demons. There are a lot of demons in America too. Amen. So we're gonna expel demon today together. And what we're gonna do? Number one, we're gonna confess that Jesus is our Lord. Two, we're gonna ask God to forgive our sin. If you can think of any sin in your life, you ask God to forgive you. Three, 
you gonna forgive everyone who has hurt you. Maybe your ex-pastor, maybe your parents, maybe your ex-spouse, everyone that hurt your feeling, forgive them. The Bible says that God will not take away the torturer or demons if you live in unforgiveness. You need to forgive people. Four, we're gonna command them to go out in the name of Jesus together. You're gonna command. I command. You command. Once we do that, after the command done in the name of Jesus, then we need to expel them out. Demons are spirit. It's the air. They are like air. So the easiest way to expel them out is to get the air out. At the first few coughing, it's like a natural coughing. But after a few seconds in the spiritual realm, the coughing will not be natural coughing anymore. It will be something pushing out evil spirit out of you, and you're gonna feel that that something coming out. I'm not forcing anybody to do this. It's up to you and God. Okay? Can demon that come out from people jump into you? That's a good question. They cannot if you submit to the authority of this man. As you, as long you submit to authority of the head of the meeting, the protection is there. But if you sit there. Like this, you rebel. You fight with me. I recommend you get out of this room. Actually, even out of this room, you can be in danger because they can run out of this room and meet you out there. <laughs> this is why I don't do deliverance in a public meeting. I do in, in the camp. In the place where all the believers and people who are together, and we can protect them. Amen. This is a good timing to do deliverance, because in the camp. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many people believe you need deliverance? Hallelujah. Even the spirit of wrong doctrine, wrong thinking. Spiritual thing is contaminated. If I am under certain leadership or certain association that those people have evil spirit, it will come on me. The same gang of spirit will come on me. That's why I notice it's about fellowship. Okay. Okay. I noticed for many years when a Christian who looked good. Change the fellowship into the wrong one. Only in a few months, that person' face look different. They become dark because the evil spirit come upon them and control them now. And they are in the wrong leadership. They are in the wrong covering. This is serious. I know you don't hear this kind of teaching a lot, but if you don't know your enemies, you are in trouble. We need to know our enemy, and we need to know how they do the work. Amen. Be in the good covering, be in the right church, and you will be protected. Follow my prayer.
And once we finish the prayer, I'm gonna tell you to cough them out. Don't cough up higher. Cough down, because somebody already washed their hair this morning. Don't cough into his hair here. Cough down. Okay. Don't cough to the person next to you. <laughs> We are not doing a spitting service like Jesus spit. Okay, pray with me, Father in heaven. Jesus is my Lord. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord of every room in my life. I am a city. Every part of this city has Jesus as the mayor, as the king. Oh Lord Jesus, cleanse me with your blood. Forgive my sins. If you know any sin, confess right now. Confess your sin right now. Ask God for forgiveness. Confess your sin. Confess your sin. Confess your sin. And now, if you have bitterness against anybody, unforgiveness, why don't you forgive those people? Let them go. Don't hold grudges against them anymore. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Those who hurt you. Maybe some of you were in a child abuse when you were young. Somebody abused you when you were young as a teenager girl. You let him go. That person who abused you. Maybe your ex-husband cheated on you, dumped you. Let him go. Forgive your ex-husband. Forgive. In the name of Jesus. Father in heaven, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I give my body, my mind, and my spirit to you. They don't belong to demons. They belong to God. And the Lord Jesus has paid the price, has purchased me. He bought me with a high price. He paid already for me to be free by His blood. So now I denounce. Satan, evil spirits, all the gods that I used to worship, all the idols in my life. In Jesus' mighty name, I command you, evil spirit, to leave me, to get out of this building. 
I command you to go. In the name of Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To a all gathered in your name, I lift you.